This is the Barbecue Central Show Archives. The Barbecue Central Show airs live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and is brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic temperature control devices and a host of other products that make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit them online at thebbqguru.com or call them 800-288-GURU. And by Big Papa Smokers, creators of fabulous rubs, online retailer of grills, accessories, apparel, and creators of their own barbecue contest. Visit them online at BigPapaSmokers.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, creators of injections and rubs, sweeping the nation, doing well in competitions and in the backyard. You can visit them at ButcherBBQ.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers, official jeweler of the Barbecue Central Show. Call 440-943-2700 and use key term Barbecue Brother when you talk to Steve. Or visit them online at StephenDeFranco.com. And by Green Mountain Grills, one of the best pellet grills you can get on the market today. Varying sizes, not only for your capacity of cooking, but for your budget as well. Visit GreenMountainGrills.com for more information. And by El Diablo Mustard. Looking for a little bit of heat and flavor and regular old yellow mustard? El Diablo has you covered. Six different flavors to choose from currently. And you can find them at LDiabloMustard.com. And by CookingPellets.com. Have a pellet-driven cooker? Why not try out some of the best pellets on the market? And will not void any of your warranties, by the way. CookingPellets.com is the website. And by CookShack, a premier manufacturer of electric and pellet-driven cookers, giving barbecue classes located in Ponca City, Oklahoma. Always running some kind of a special deal. Check them out at CookShack.com. This is Bobby Rempe from Cleveland, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. Oh, yeah. It is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Reppy. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. Should you see fit to join in on the show tonight, more than happy to have you. It's a phone call, 216-220-0966. You can also email the show if you would care to, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening on the show tonight coming up in about 13 minutes from now he was a guest a couple weeks ago and you will find him on the show for the very first interview segment steve ray from owl's nest barbecue kind of uh, becoming our own embedded reporter in the world of competition barbecue Uh, steve took his 
chance and hand at the Smoking Up the Saddle Club, a SBBQA event, uh, Kansas City Barbecue Society, that was uh, this past weekend, the 14th and the 15th, in Chatsworth, Georgia. So we'll talk to Steve about his finish. Of course, there was a number of top teams in there to include a True Bud, Iowa Smoky D's, Warren County Pork Choppers, Checkered Pig, just to name a few. So certainly a uh, plethora of high-quality competition teams. And of course, as Dave Bosk is pointing out, we need to give fellow centralites that cannot be here since they are in Vegas winning third in the WFC or the World Food Championships no, uh, none other uh, but the Elser Brothers. That's right. Sweet Smoke Q. Congratulations to them. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully uh, in a week's time, we might be able to have uh, the uh, the brothers Elser on the show to uh, recap World Food Championships and uh, very excited at their success that has been going on over the uh, course of the last number of days, really. I mean, it's not like a, a one day and, and boom, you're in. Not a, a lot of different levels to get through. Of course, nobody knows that better than Dave Bosca from Butcher Barbecue, having done it himself there uh, uh, two years ago, I believe. So, uh, again, congratulations to Sweet Smoke Q, and uh, you can find out more about them at SweetSmokeQ.com. So, uh, anyway, that is our first uh, segment, uh, potentially second segment guest, uh, Steve Ray, coming up at uh, 914. Then we'll move on to the second hour, guy we haven't had on the show in some time, uh, just through scheduling and you know getting into some other things, but a guy love to talk food in general with a guy that has a number of Emmy awards to his credit, a number of cookbooks published to his credit, TV shows, you name it, he has done it, and I consider him a friend and proud to always have him on the show to talk food stuff. Sam, the cooking guy, will be joining us ten fourteen ten thirty five. And I believe tonight, you know, we're in it, right? I mean, if you didn't know, we are a week and lose change away from one of the biggest eating holidays that befalls the great nation of America, that being Thanksgiving. Uh, that'll be a week from this coming Thursday. So I will talk to Sam, uh, maybe not necessarily. I mean, we'll talk to him about turkey. Got to have all the guests on. Everybody that's a guest on the show this week is going to be talking turkey in some form or fashion, whether they know it or not. Because we want to get the ideas and the tips and the tricks, whatever we can do to kind of ease the inevitable stress that builds up on you during that day, uh, perhaps days even leading up to it. Maybe you've bought a frozen turkey that you didn't allot enough time to thaw. Maybe you were going to try it one way and you freaked out and now you're going to try it a different way, but you don't have all the necessary accoutrements. I mean, who knows what happens when stress enters a situation, how people handle stress. Are you reacting under pressure? Are you caving under pressure? You know, like the Browns did this past week against the Texans. Bastard. I don't want to diverge too far into a sports thing here, but let me point out one thing. All of last week, if we were removed a week ago, the Browns, the Cleveland Browns, were sitting atop the AFC North. First time since 1994 at 6-3. and three. The horrifically mediocre Texans come in. Houston, Texas. 
the Cleveland Browns crap the proverbial bed in every form and fashion that you can do it on any team, special offense or defense, lose by a convincing margin and go from first to last, just like that. Get that big out of here. Cleveland riding the highs and lows in the sports world, of course. Again, first place for a week, last place in just a week's time. I mean, it's just that easy in the National Football League. Uh, anyway, so uh, we want to know how you react under pressure. Maybe uh, for the folks that are in the chat room tonight, ways you like to prepare turkey or perhaps a certain method that you're going to be using in almost a week's time for uh, what uh, Meathead talked about last week as a truly unique and American holiday Uh, One that I said and that I have maintained over the years has been able to find its way clear of any of the overwhelming commercialization that you see a number of holidays fallen victim to as years have passed. Certainly no bigger victim than the commercialization, dare I say, bastardization of Christmas, which now encroaches on Thanksgiving. So I think it is important, and maybe it got lost a little bit in translation when Meathead was on last week, that you you have to be able to delineate between the two holidays. Thanksgiving is its own holiday. Christmas is its own holiday. And you can't allow Christmas to work into the Thanksgiving. I mean, once you've made that personal delineation within yourself, all right, I'm done with Thanksgiving, and now I'm going to go do Black Friday shopping on Thursday at 8 o'clock in the evening. Uh, you've cut out of Thanksgiving at that point. You've you've made the transition. So, you know, until you've made the transition, though, it's Thanksgiving. It's one that isn't overhyped, one that you're not seeing butterball turkeys on sale for the upcoming Thanksgiving or buy your friends these table trinkets and so forth. You don't really see too much on the home shopping networks or anything like that. I mean, you just know it. You know what's coming. You know you're going to have a good time. You know you're going to be around, hopefully, people that you like, and you're going to be eating and drinking and wishing perhaps a day later that you didn't do it that much. But hell, while you're doing it, it's fun and fantastic. And I think, again, in my estimation, one of the all-time best holidays when you look at it uh, from from what it is and how people treat it and, and again, how it has not become a victim of uh, so much commercialization as so many other American holidays have. Uh, while you're watching the show here right now, do me the solid as I each, uh, ask you each and every week. Send out some type of a social media post. Do the blind email. Go to your email Uh, engine and uh, do blind carbon copy all copy yourself live copy yourself blind carbon copy everybody in the contact list say hey i'm listening or watching the barbecue central show here's a link the audio link the bbq central show.com here's the video link outdoor cooking channel.com which has been the syndication partner for the the video syndication partner for the show for any number of years now and then of course if they are high tech and have the 
IP television stuff. You can set them to Roku, for instance. Go to the App Store, find the Outdoor Cooking Channel app in the Roku App Store, download it, and then you're off and ready to go. The first option is the live stream option. Uh, second option is me, La Barbecue Central Show, and all my video archives there since we started it with Kevin and the folks over there at Outdoor Cooking Channel, plus all the other shows that he has right up there. Uh, so uh, you can also subscribe to the show uh, audibly for archives on the iTunes you can get the video replays on the Barbecue Central uh, uh, YouTube page right down here. And uh, on my website, of course, Outdoor Cooking Channel, as I just mentioned. So uh, there's never any reason that you should ever miss anything on this show. If everybody uh, converges one day on a, did you hear this, did you hear that? The answer should always be yes, because there's never a, a way that you've, unless I haven't done a show that week, there's never any reason that you should miss what's happened on the show plain and simple let me tell you what else is plain and simple and awesome dave Vasca and the gang over at butcher barbecue that's right here we go gang holiday season coming up time for gifts time for treats time potentially because it's early in this week to get some injections to add some flavor to your tired and sad ass turkey that you're going to be serving in just over a week's time how about some butcher barbecue first of all butcherbbq.com turkey time for bird booster that's right dave absolutely again the website butcherbbq.com we all know butchers known for the injections i mean we talk about the pork the beef uh, the beef the beef the prime injection uh, tonight we are talking bird booster last time i checked turkey is a bird a poultry type get it get it done get it on got no choice but to get it on with Butcher Barbecue and the uh, Bird Booster products. Check them out. You want to add some flavor to that turkey, uh, not necessarily just doing the rub thing, which also I highly recommend depending on uh, what form you're doing it in. But get the injection regardless. You can do it in the oven. You do it on the grill, on the smoker, what have you. That injection gets all the way down. You always talk about, well, flavor on the top, but nothing towards the bone. Forget about it. You're talking nonsense now because you do have products available. Butcher Barbecue right now that will help you get the flavor that you want all the way down. Even if you're cooking a 758 pound bird, make sure you buy enough and you have a big enough syringe or injector needle to get down there, but you can cram all that flavor right down in to that bird and you're going to be reaping the rewards of moisture retention to the tune of 7% more than you would if you're doing it brining and as Dave has mentioned on this show, as well as a host of others. You know, brining changes the feel of the meat. Not injected. You're still going to have that mouth feel, the bite down, the texture. Not going to have that, like, eh, sogginess. It's the best way I can describe it when we talk about brining. Plus, you're going to keep more of the juice in when you're doing the injecting. So here's what you need to do. You go over to ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. And order up all you can. $200 $200 or more get your free shipping and your friends and neighbors will be thanking you for a succulent turkey meal coming up in uh, just over a week. ButcherBBQ.com That's ButcherBBQ.com We are back with Steve Ray right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back to 16-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com, your phone number, your email address. Should you see fit to join in the fray tonight? Talking a lot of turkey, talking a lot of uh, competition stuff, talking Sam, the cooking guy stuff in the second hour. But first guest tonight, a host of his own radio show locally in uh, Tennessee, uh, Udawa, Tennessee. Is it Udo? We'll ask him here in a second. I think it's Udo. Uh, and a competition barbecue cook pitmaster, Owl's Nest Barbecue, took place and tried his hand at the Chatsworth, Georgia, Smoking Up the Saddle Club barbecue competition. And he was on the show a couple weeks ago. Figured we'd welcome him back and talk a little shop with a friend of the show, Steve Ray, joining me. Steve, how are you, bud? Hey, Greg. How you doing? Doing absolutely fabulous. So here's what I was thinking. Like, you know, this son of a bitch comes on my show a couple weeks ago in the backyard, fire brewing, <laughs> real-life fire. I'm like, what is yeah. this cat going to pull? Is he going to risk, like, uh, life and limb and go outside and build another fire? Or But you've done something even better tonight. you got, like, the Yule log going on in the background. It's it fabulous. is great. It, it's, it's, it. 20, it's 25 degrees here yes. in, in, in Chattanooga. It's You know, when it gets down to 50 we start to turn the thermostats up to 80 degrees and bundle up down here. So it's, it's, it's just crazy cold for this time of year. Yeah. Uh, certainly mid November is, yeah, you know, every once in a while you get it. I think we're probably getting that once in a while right now. This is usually February weather. I'm here in Cleveland. We're probably in the single digits at this point, just ambient temperature and uh, it should be right around zero or just a tick below zero as we uh, move into the overnight. So a little chillier than normal that we would like to see here, given the time frame. But, you know, what are you going to do about it? This is what you get. And if you don't like it, move to Arizona or move to San Diego, like my second-hour guest lives in, and then, you know, you can complain about how much you miss the snow and cold weather when you get out there, right? That's right. Down here we say you got to dance with what brung you. That's right. Uh, Steve, let me ask you something. Last time... Uh, you were on, you uh, gave us your take on uh, gas, and I was I was marveling at that. I think I'd filled up earlier that day for 285 or 290 a gallon, and I was like, wow, what a deal, and then the other half of me was going, you're still getting ripped off, and, you know, we talked about the fuel since you're, uh, you're an owner of uh, a private service station. You have a show on Saturdays on the local ESPN affiliate, and uh, you have some uh, barbecue and some grilling talk, but you know mostly geared towards uh, car stuff. You have another guy, a co-host named Steve, on there, and you guys are both yeah. car guys. And you talk about uh, tires. Uh, it was the the not this past Saturday, I think, but the the Saturday we were talking about tires. Mm-hmm. It's for the people that live in the muck and the mire that we're about to go through for the next six months. How important is it to, A, go somewhere and get, like, tires checked out? Can you go somewhere and get tires checked out? And uh, how much of a benefit are you getting with new tires versus perhaps, you know, what's on your car that you, you've run for, like, a year or so? Well, well Greg, you know, where, 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 we, where we live and where you live are, are two different types of driving uh, utilities. I would imagine in Cleveland, Ohio, in that area, you're going to get a lot of slush. You're going to get a lot of mud. Yeah. And what I would make sure that you don't have 
anything less than a tire with half tread life on it. Down here, we can get away with 230 seconds. And that's the old, uh, the Lincoln, uh, the penny in the tread, you know, where you can see Lincoln's head. If you can, if, uh, if Lincoln's head sticking out of the tread, it's time to get tires. But where you come from, uh, make sure that you got at least 50% tread on your tire. And I would imagine in Cleveland, you, you guys probably run snow tires and studs. Am I right? Well, so that's the thing that I wanted to talk about. I remember when I was growing up as a youth in the upstate New York area, uh, Saratoga Springs to be exact, uh, my mom had this like Datsun B210, if you can believe. You remember Datsun B210? Absolutely. And, Great car. Uh, so she would, you know, knock off the tires and, and put the put the snow tires on. And, you know, mm-hmm. you could, the snow tires sound like no other tire when running down the road. You can hear them, you know, coming from a mile away because they do have the studs in them. Um, but those seem to almost fall out of favor to a certain degree to the uh, all-terrain tires or the all-weather tires. However, I have seen maybe an uptick in people either looking for them uh, and hearing them now more and more on the road. And that was the next question. So if you live somewhere where I live, uh, how cost-efficient or effective is, is buying a snow tire? And can you can you wear them out, like if you're just driving on regular road pavement in the winter? Yes, you can wear them out, Greg. Most cars now are front-wheel drive. And if you have a, a front-wheel drive car, you'll want to put your snow tires in the front because that's where the car is doing the pulling. Uh, I imagine you can get studded tires. Even if you have a situation where you have to chain your tires, and I know you all have that up in Cleveland and up in the north, Put those on the front. Your backs are just going to track and give you a little braking power. So keep all your uh, snow apparatus up in the front. And your snow tires will wear really, really fast because it's a deep tread, but it's not a tread that's made for everyday driving. So I would recommend put your snow tires on the front. If your chains going to, if you're going to have to chain it, you've got front wheel drive. Put the chains up front and, and of course, slow down. And you should be okay in that in your area of the country. Is there like a, a certain time that you put them on and you just run them, and then you know you put them on in in January and you take them off by March? Um, I mean, it's you know people don't. I would imagine it's a little inconvenient to say, oh well, it's not going to snow today or there's no projected snow today. I'll back off the tires and, and throw the regular ones on. Or, or do people do it like that? Yeah, what a lot of people do, they'll they'll have a set of tires already mounted on a, on, a, on an extra set of wheels. And you'll go to the garage, and it only takes Greg. It only takes five minutes to take front tires off and put another set of front tires on. It's like a NASCAR pit stop. And if if I lived in your area, uh, doing what I have to do for a living, I would keep a set of snow tires mounted on a separate set of wheels, and I would keep them in the back of my truck. And if some inclement weather came on, I would just switch them right there, put the good ones in the back of the truck, put the snow tires on. And uh, I'll bet a lot of people in your area do that. Uh, Steve, uh, Ray is my guest and, uh, it's a uh, midnight oil uh, is, is that the, that's the name of the store, right? Yeah, it's midnight. Oil. It's a, we're a small mom and pop operation, Greg. Uh, we've been there 31 years on, in, on, uh, I-75 exit number 11, right off the interstate. All go. the, all the barbecue guys go by me all the time. 
All right. Uh, so let me ask you as we uh, nicely segue into barbecue. Appreciate that. And I apologize for just asking you stuff that I didn't tell you I was going to ask you about. But I mean, I know nothing about cars other than the fact that I know I don't know anything and I'm never going to attempt to try something because I'm just as dangerous enough to screw up something 10 times worse than taking to somebody that knows what they're doing. Uh, well, we've learn- been, Greg, just real quick, we've yeah. been doing this on the radio for 18 years now. It's on ES. If you want to listen online, anybody out there can listen. ESPN. Yeah chattanooga.com and uh we love love to have you listen it's 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 a really fun show it's on saturday mornings uh nine to ten eastern standard time yeah great show and uh, great personalities on that show by the way and i'm not just kissing your ass well maybe a little bit um uh, <laughs> so uh, you were at the smoking up the saddle barbecue competition in chatworth georgia and from all accounts as i was seeing it flash across social media Wow, little cold out there in Chatworth, Georgia. Ooh, 20, <laughs> 20 degrees on uh, over Friday night, Saturday morning. Wow, it was crazy cold. You know, this time of year down here, we we're in the we're in the high fifties, low sixties consistently, and night times 45, 40 degrees. And I mean, man, it was cold. I mean, cold. We were we had never cooked our team, Alzness Barbecue. We've never cooked in the cold weather before, and so I was really. I was really uh, concerned, you know, how is it going to affect our smoker? What about our fuel consumption? And uh, I was on our uh, our uh, Superior Smokers uh, Facebook page asking all my friends who have superiors, you know, what can I expect, you know, what to do, a lot of help there. Uh, but we, we muddled through it. We weren't very successful, but, uh, man, all the teams were freezing, not a whole lot of socializing going on other than, you know, the Cooks meeting and the and early Friday. But, and, uh, but it, it was a good time. And, and Greg, this this place is it was huge. It's a I guess they have horse shows there. And Mitchell Bidwell and his his crew did a fantastic job of setting everything up. This was the first one, uh, and the brand new, and had thirty four teams. And and just you want to know you know you want to know who's there? Well, Checkered Pig, Under the Radar, Warren County, Moyers, Root and Tudors, Iowa Smoky D's, Georgia Boys. Uh, Jack's Old South, Rolling Smoke, uh, Digging Q, Hogs Gone Wild. It was a it was a who's who of the KCBS points leaders. It really was. So talking about the cold weather, um, really that's really a, a topic that hasn't come up in a lot of conversations that I've had with pitmasters over the year. A little bit here and there, uh, you know, as we talk about how it dips into the 40s uh, or, you know, the mid-40s that you had mentioned that you're used to right now. But getting into the, the 20s or, or maybe into the high teens, uh, are, are you cooking out of a uh, a rig like some of these guys, or you just like pop up tent Jones, or what's your situation? No, we have a we have a five by ten uh, foot single axle trailer that we cook out. We put the ramp door down, push the smoker out on the ramp door, so it is open. But we had a, a two burner uh, heater, a propane heater inside the trailer, and my partner Dan Grease has forty foot motor coach that we brought. So we were warm, uh, and we just had to prep our meat inside the trailer, and that was a little cold, but we cranked up the heat. So we were very, very comfortable. But there were a couple teams there that were still intense, and I really felt for them because there, there is absolutely no way with the wind blowing like it was that you were going to be able to get comfortable Friday night. It was uh, – I mean, it was, uh, you know, if you didn't have some sort of protection on you, you'd froze to death out there. What kind of a cooker are you running against, Steve, just to refresh everybody's memory? We have a, a superior smoker, gravity feed smoker. Uh, does a great job. 
we're super happy with it. When you see temperatures or as you're cooking through this weekend at temperatures that are well below what you're used to, uh, are you seeing any type of extra fuel consumption or did you pack uh, a bunch of extra fuel just in case? Certainly superior uh, along those uh, same lineages as a, a stump or a southern mm-hmm. breeder, uh, ones that are traditionally known to be heavily insulated that say, well, it's uh, weather doesn't really affect them. But, I mean, this is some serious cold that we're talking about. So uh, did you notice that it was running uh, through the fuel a little it, bit more? It, it did affect it. Matter of fact, normally we can we start our smoker about 9.30 or 10 o'clock, put our meats on at midnight, and we can go all the way through the competition on one chimney load of, uh, of uh, charcoal. We had to add, we totally ran out, Greg, right about, oh, probably 7.30, 8.30 in the morning, we, we ran out and we had to refill the uh, chimney on the Superior. Now, we didn't use a full another chimney. We used about another, about another half. But it, 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 it did take the charcoal about 50% more to run in the same amount of time at in the 20 to 25 degree weather. It uh, sure did. Did you notice any uh, issues getting the meat prepped or uh, feeling like uh, maybe the cook wasn't going to get accomplished in the in the same amount of time that you would normally allot, or perhaps did you allot for more time uh, to get those meats done this time around? No, the chicken was a whole lot easier to prep because it didn't get it didn't get warm at all, and that's always nice. But no, when we once we got the meat on the uh, smoker, it was uh, our times were just right on, and uh, our chicken took a little bit longer to cook. But I think that was because we had a little a uh, little problem placing it in the smoker with the ribs. But uh, no, the Superior did a great job. Uh, the the cold weather really didn't really didn't affect the the cook time on it. Just the it just a, this the uh, consumption of fuel. That's all. All right, so uh, as we look at the overall uh, scoring, uh, obviously Checkered Pig wins with you know, almost uh, damn near 706 points, so they put together a huge effort uh, to get over 700. Yeah. Well, over 700, but 705 points, uh, certainly amazing. Uh, Owl's Nest Barbecue, 31st overall. Uh, what do you think were you know some of the uh, Achilles heels? I mean, certainly uh, you know three finished behind you, so we're not DAL there, but uh, you know, nevertheless, certainly... If, Normally, I guess you could say I'm talking to guys that are, you know, a little bit farther up on the list on the show, but I think it's a good idea to make sure that for the guys that aren't out there running, you know, 35, 40 contests a year to see, you know, what your your own feedback and your own critique of a competition is uh, finishing 34, uh, 31st out of 34 teams. You, you know, Greg, we talked to the three guys that were around us. They were all just like us. This was our fourth KCB, uh, KCBS event of the year in our seventh overall barbecue event of the year. Uh, the guys next to us, this was their fifth one, and the uh, other fellow next to me, that was his eighth one of the year. So we're all kind of in the – they. I guess they put all the newbies together. And, and that's great because we, we, we kind of got together, traded ideas, and got to know them. But, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, and I'm still a little starry-eyed when I go to these things because, you know, I got, I got to talk to Darren, and, I, and I've – I'm not I'm not real good friends with uh, Donnie yet, but uh, we are an acquaintance, and uh, you you, you kind of you know you talk to him, and uh, it's it's just it's kind of neat to know that you know, you're you're not only a fan of these guys like David Bosco, one of my one of my favorites, but you can compete against them. That was what is so unique about the barbecue sport. You can be a fan of all the participants. 
yet you can go to these competitions, and I mean anybody can go, and you can compete head-to-head with Donnie Bray, with uh, Tommy Houston, uh, Darren, Smokey D's, uh, True Buds, and it's, to me, it, it is just, it's a, it is, makes for a fascinating weekend. Yeah, it really does. I think that's uh, certainly something that's unique to the competition barbecue. Uh, as you said, or you can be a fan of somebody, and then in the same instance, you could be cooking against them in the same weekend and you know trying to put your best up against their best. And uh, to be fair, uh, Jack's Old South only finishes one notch above you. Yeah, uh, I saw that. I, su- surprising I to it. you? I, I was shocked. I was shocked. I didn't get a chance to, to talk to Michael. I, I didn't see his dad there. I saw Michael and my friend TJ Weehunt that cooks with Jack's Old South. He's actually from Chattanooga. I saw him uh, getting the uh, getting the overall ranking sheets, and I didn't get a chance to talk to him. But uh, I was uh, I was uh, I was surprised. I was surprised. But it just goes to show you how good the competition, and that's what that's what makes our team want to keep going back, Greg. Because on any given Saturday, you know we could. You know, we could beat Iowa Smokies. We could beat Donnie Bray. And, uh, you know, all we got to do is, you know, get a, get a few things here and there. And, uh, you know, we could be walking up there. And that's really, you know, our goal this year was to really cook and learn. And we learned a whole lot. I was really glad that it was cold, this cook, because that gave us some experience cooking in cold weather and, uh, you know, keeping to our schedules. And uh, I'm looking more forward. I'm gonna, We're going to try to do eight events, eight KCBS uh events next year and I, I really i'm really confident that we can get you know a top 10 call next year uh, we're really i'm really confident we can do that uh, do you have any plans to do any type of like cooking contests or, or not cooking but cooking classes or anything like that previous to the next year starting yeah we're going we're going up to uh bowling green on january the 30th to warren county pork choppers school and uh, we've already got our reservations and we've already sent the check uh, we're going to go to that. And uh, in March, they're having a uh, – I don't know what it's called. You'll probably know. It's the National Barbecue Association uh, Convention, I guess, yeah, is going right. to be in Nashville yep. uh, this year. And that's going to be, I think, March the 7th. And they're having a uh, steak cook-off at that event. And I think we're going we're gonna to try our hand at that just to, you know, kind of to say we did it. And uh, we're looking forward to that. You cook a good steak, Steve? Yeah, I, you know, it's okay. I'm not a real uh, – yeah, I, I tell you, Greg. Before I got interested in barbecue, I wasn't a real king of the grill kind of guy. If you know, if Barbara said you want to cook the steak, I go yeah, or you can cook it. It makes no difference to me. But uh, but I've really gotten into steak, and uh, uh, I've followed uh, I've followed Michael McDermott, and, and I think we talked about it last time. Like you, I'm in the uh, 380 to 400 uh, degree range now, and I think it makes a whole lot better steak. And uh, you know, it's something that uh, all your friends in the neighborhood. Not all the friends in the neighborhood cook barbecue, but by golly, everybody cooks a steak and a hamburger, and they've always got. They always like to talk about it and trade ideas. Yeah, Steve Ray joining us here on the show. Steve, do you, does uh, Midnight Oil have a, a website? By the way, no, it's just our our Facebook page, Midnight Oil Steve Ray. All right, we Midnight. we put all of our stuff going out there. Got it, Midnight Oil Steve Ray on Facebook. If you want to check him out, uh, Steve, could I hold you over for one more segment? We can uh, talk a little turkey coming up. Absolutely, I'd love all to. Right, Greg. Uh, Steve, will hang out here just for one second and. I will uh, tell you quickly about the longest-running sponsor of the show, the Barbecue Guru. That's right, makers of automatic temperature control technology. 
Uh, if you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control devices for your cooker, stop here. This is the company that started it all. They are the creators of this technology. Why would you buy from any other company? I don't know. Not familiar with how these little beauties work? I'm not going to get into the minute detail, but imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature in one set, keeps it running at that set temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. It's real-life technology. You can take advantage of it today. Great gift idea, by the way, as the holidays are rapidly approaching. Now, maybe you're a busy working professional like me, or perhaps you are constantly on the run with kids, doing errands. Quite frankly, you just don't have the time to set around in 10 pit temperatures. I get it. The Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt or a brisket or a couple slabs of ribs, and then you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done, and the Guru maintains that pit temperature you set it at. Uh, There's about four different models to choose from right now, two of the most popular ones. If you have Wi-Fi connections of any degree, if you have smart devices of any form or fashion, you might want to consider the CyberQ Wi-Fi taking over not only backyards, but competition circles across the nation, dare I say the world. If you have a hotspot, you get on it. You can open up your phone on the app and see right there on your phone or your netbook or your laptop computer or your tablet what your cooker temperature is at. And you can also check up to three different internal temperatures of your meat. So uh, maybe you're cooking a little fast overnight. You can dial back that temperature of the pit and slow the cooking process down or perhaps the reverse. You're cooking too slow. You can ramp up that pit temperature right there from the comfort of your own bed and kick up the cooking time a little bit. If you're in the market for a cooker, check out the Onyx Oven. The Onyx Oven is a uh, winning competition cooker out there, uh, both in backyards and across the country on the competition scene. Fully insulated, holds a lot of meat, accommodates half and full pans for food service, working seamlessly with any of the Barbecue Guru temperature control devices, of course. Do yourself a favor. Head on over to thebbqguru.com and check out all their products. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly, 800 800- 288-GURU, and they'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Again, it's 800-288-GURU, or visit the website, thebbqguru.com. Back more with Steve Ray talking about Thanksgiving right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back to 16-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Your email address uh, joining me is Steve Ray from... Midnight Oil and the pitmaster of Owl Nest Barbecue. Uh, we just got done recapping the Chatsworth, Georgia, the Smoking Up the Saddle Barbecue event uh, that took place this past weekend. Uh, Steve, uh, obviously, just a shade over a week's worth of time finds Thanksgiving uh, going to be upon us. Uh, obviously, I had a big show with Meathead on that last weekend talking about... Great show, too, Greg. He, he, he's wonderful, isn't he? he yeah. He's wonderful. A wealth of information and uh, and living the dream. I don't know if uh, you saw the article that was written on him recently about, like, Chicago small business or something like that, but, you know, did a nice expose on Meathead and uh, what he's started from and, and where he's grown to now with uh, over a half a million dollar in ad revenue on that website. I mean... 
I think we'd all like to be making, you know, half a million in revenues. Um, well, you're kidding. And, he is, and, you know, he, he's so helpful on his website. I don't know if you oh, saw yeah. the uh, Tuffy Stone uh, uh, little seminar he did with Tuffy on his uh, website. If you, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, one of those premium members on his yep. website. Pitmaster. And it, it, it's, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, Tuffy was just very forth, forthcoming and uh, what an interesting guy. And, uh, of course, uh, Greg just uh, – or Craig, he 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 uh, can stay right with him as far as knowledge. And uh, if you get a chance, go back and watch it. it it's wonderful. Yeah, so and that's the best twenty bucks you'll spend. Too. Absolutely, uh, and it's uh, amazingribs.com if you don't know about it. Uh, so we were talking last week, and uh, I think both Meathead and I concur with the fact that, and as I was saying in the lead in here before we had you on, that uh, Thanksgiving and, and somehow has been able to distance itself from any type of over commercialization. We really don't ever see any Thanksgiving is coming up holiday commercials or products uh, that are being pitched around on the television. No super hype. I mean, you just know it's coming and pretty much that's it. And that's how it's always been. Uh, so, I mean, how have you seen Thanksgiving and, and what are some of the, the recollections that you have growing up? Well, I know, I know here at our house, it's a deep breath day because uh, Greg, that kicks off the busiest travel time of the year. And, of course, that's how I make my living on people traveling. Wednesday before Thanksgiving is normally the second to third busiest day in my calendar year. So that's when we kick it off. And, of course, the, the 30 days between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we're pretty much, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much 24-7 working. So uh, on Thanksgiving, you know, we take a deep breath. We try to have some friends over. And on the day before, on that Wednesday, we'll set up the trailer and the smoker and uh, we did this last year, and uh, we'll cook some uh, turkeys and friends. If they want us to smoke their birds, they'll bring them over to the gas station, and we'll get there real early and set up. And people like to see that. People like to come over. Like last year, they, they checked out the pit, uh, you know, just said, you know, asked us a lot of questions. And uh, it was really a fun day, and it's nothing better than, you know, having fun at work. Are you a uh, whole turkey guy? Do you spatchcock turkey? Will you like part it out raw and cook it in pieces? I mean, what's your what's your deal? No, uh, I'm, I'm a full turkey. I'm a beer can guy. I got the uh, I've got the uh, the extra large uh, big platform on the bottom with the the beer can looking thing, and I set that bird right on there, and I lather it up, and I get David Bosca's uh, rub, and I'll put it all over it, and. Uh, you know, margarine and keep it buttered down, and uh, that's how I do it. Have you ever tried any of those, like, uh, focaccia methods, like cooking it uh, breast side down uh, because it's supposed to stay more juicy because the, the juice is collecting down there instead of running out the back? Or, no, my, my right wife there. was talking about that today. She said that she saw something that uh, somebody started it on its back, and then after you cook it for an hour, you grab it and you flip it over. I, ju I just let it sit there. I, last year I cooked it uh, – I cooked it on my big green egg, and this year I'm going to uh, do it on my uh, Smoky Mountain Weber, and then we're going to do a couple in the uh, Superior. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how you know each one comes out on each different uh, apparatus that we have. Uh, are you like main Thanksgiving Day eating guy, or, or do you like to cook on Thanksgiving to then enjoy the leftovers for you know a, a few days to come after that? Because you know, so a lot of people don't necessarily really enjoy the the day of. I mean, they like it. But they really love the leftovers after the fact. Well, the, the leftovers on biscuits and, and, and brown gravy are my favorite. Uh, yeah, I like to cook. I've only been doing it. You know, I've only been in the barbecue thing for like three years. So I've tried to, I've, I just started three years ago and I've really enjoyed it. But uh, up till then, 
you know, my wife always cooks the turkey that we eat at dinner because she doesn't like smoked meat that much. And uh, she always worries about me burning it. And she doesn't, she doesn't have the trust in me yet to say, you know, you go ahead. You're the, you're the first string guy. So I, I'm still the guy that comes off the bench and uh, she's first string. Are you, uh, do you guys eat cranberries at the table? No, it, I don't. Nothing no. ne- like no. neither version, whether it's the, the regular true cranberries or the cranberry out of the can. Uh, we're sweet potato guys. Oh, with marshmallows, or do you just like yeah, play yeah, sweet potato, yeah, marshmallows, yeah? sweet potatoes, and and she'll make sweet potatoes, and she'll make regular mashed potatoes too. Is is there a difference? Uh, this shows you how unsouthern I am, I suppose, and and I don't remember. Uh, I don't want my mom to smack me when she sees me, but I don't recall sweet potatoes being on the table. I mean, there was a lot of stuff on the table. But I don't. Maybe it's just because I, I didn't really uh, prefer them when I was a youth, and I don't remember. But uh, are, are yams and sweet potatoes like two different things? No, same thing. Yams and sweet potatoes are the yeah, same, same thing. Same thing, yeah. Oh, all right. They're, they're delicious. They're they're great. Sweet potatoes are just they're well, they're wonderful. It's one of the greatest foods there there are. I like uh, sweet potato French fries. Uh, you know, I like to smash them up. I like, I like a, uh, I'd rather have a sweet potato, baked potato, than a regular baked potato. I think a sweet potato with uh, brown sugar and and butter and uh, sour cream in it is is one of the, one of my uh, evil sins of uh, my food life. It's great. <laughs> Steve Ray joining me here on the show, uh, talking about. Uh, Thanksgiving coming up and uh, some of the stuff. Um, you have a big Thanksgiving. You have a bunch of friends and, and family over, or are you just kind of you know gearing up for that? Uh, that we're that we're trying. Push? We're trying that this year. I've got some friends. We're trying to get to come over with their mom and dads. You know, I'm so busy that time of year. My mom lives up in Knoxville, so it, it's hard for me to get up there. So I've never really gone home for Thanksgiving. But she'll go with my sister, and then we'll have some friends over here. My wife's mom and dad will come down from Oak Ridge. So it'll be, it'll be a big day. It'll be a fun day. I'm right. I look forward to it. It's my, it is by far my favorite holiday is, is Thanksgiving. I, I love it. All right. Uh, Steve Ray is my guest. Again, you can find him on the Facebook, uh, midnight oil, Steve Ray. You can friend him up. He'll friend you back and don't forget to uh, check him out. It's nine o'clock on uh, ESPN Chattanooga.com, right? ESPN Chattanooga.com. Absolutely. Right. Uh, and if you have any car questions, uh, Steve and Steve will be able to at least, if not repair it right on the airways, uh, at least head you in the right direction, right? Oh, absolutely. We've, uh, like I said, we've been doing it for 18 years and, uh, we, we have a lot of fun and a lot of people, a lot of people call with some, uh, you know, interesting questions. And, uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes we even get stumped, but we'll try to find the answer. All right, Steve, uh, always appreciate the time and uh, happy Thanksgiving. Same to you, Gray. We look forward to seeing you again soon. All right, take care. There he is, Steve Ray. Midnight Oil, Steve Ray. There on the Facebook. If you want if you if you partake in the Facebook, I hear it's really gaining popularity. So you might want to think about joining. You know the uh, this uh, whole internet craze seems to be really catching on. So. Uh, Dave Bosca weighing in. Yes, so uh, all so-called yams are, in fact, sweet potatoes. Most people think that long, red-skinned sweet potatoes are yams, but they're really just one of the many varieties of sweet potatoes, just like there are many breeds of pecans. I didn't even know there were breeds of pecans. I thought a nut was a nut. Peanuts a peanut. Cashews a cashew. And so forth. Allow me to show my... Knowledge on, oh, I'm not going to say that. Now that I'm thinking about it, Uh-oh. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. No way. 
Yeah, I mean, that was like the question of the... Uh, and I never remember to, to ask anybody about it. I don't know if we've gone through any number of Thanksgiving shows here on the Barbecue Central show where we've talked about side dishes and stuff. And If people say sweet potatoes, and then I haven't thought... Because in, jo- in my uh, big uh, grocery store, there's a sign that says yams... And if I'm not mistaken, there is also a sign a little farther down that says sweet potatoes. Now, I haven't actually gone and done the homework to see if, you know, one is more than the other and they're trying to, you know, sucker you in. Uh Don't fall for that, evidently. Yams are just a varietal of sweet potato. Sweet potato is the umbrella and yam is just underneath it. I mean, who knew? Let me tell you what I know. I know undoubtedly as I've started to see the commercials more and more and more if you didn't know McRib is back oh no folks I have railed against McRib for years and years and years And I must say that as looking at it from a businessman's point of view, uh, where I can't necessarily say that McDonald's does a, well, I mean, they do a great job marketing, right? I mean, they're always on television. They are able to contract with big stars, sports stars, movies, you know, whatever. They run great Monopoly promotions. I I think all of that dwarfed by this phenomenon, which continues year after year, almost growing in its popularity year after year, of McRib. So here's a product that comes out for, what, maybe a month, maybe two months, tops, in like the worst time of the year. Now, winter, with a summertime food, like McRib, I mean, you know, you think rib. I don't know if you ever think McRib, but you think rib. You know, I inherently think of warmer weather, 4th of July, Memorial Day, Labor Day, what have you. Uh, any summer weekend that I feel like firing up the cookers. And then there's this McRib, and they show this new, I don't know if anybody's seen the new video where they hire some you know, skeptic person right off the street. Well, maybe not hire him, but they snatch him right off the street and bring him to the McDonald's McRib processing plant, and they show you all the pork that they're using and how they uh, shred it down and compress it, and it's all clean pork. It's all pork picnic is uh, what he's saying. They take all the fat out of it or as much as possible, and it's all 100% pork picnic, and it's ground, and then it's put through its seasoning uh, profiles. I think it's pasteurized, maybe. Might have to legally be or something like that. Look, the bottom line is this. I'm not, I will never, ever fault, condemn, or degrade a company that has been able to capture the hearts and minds of a very large segment of any consuming public. Kudos to you. But I will tell you this. This sandwich is a travesty. It is not rib. Pork picnic is not a spare baby back. 
that's a rib. That's rib meat. Pork picnic is like Boston. It's you know part of the Boston butt, bigger part, the whole thing, the whole shoulder. Uh, no, that's incorrect. I'm sorry. Not the whole shoulder. Part of the whole shoulder, the pork picnic, you know, with the skin on it. You've seen it. And I don't know why they continue to call it a McRib other than the fact that it's pressed into what it kind of looks like a rack of ribs, except, you know, there's no bones and there's no membrane to take off the back. And it really doesn't taste like rib meat at all. And it really doesn't taste like pork at all. But all you consuming people eating this, that's redundant. All you people going out and buying this and stuffing it in your face at a rapid rate because, oh my God, I could wake up tomorrow and McRib could be off of the menu. I can't let that happen without cramming one more McPoop in my face before it goes away for 10 months. Shame on you. Get some ribs, cook them up right, get some nice buns and sauce, leave out the pickles. What? Pickles? Save pickles for your wannabe Chick-fil-A sandwich and have a real rib sandwich or rib tip sandwich or something. We got to press away at a fevered pitch from the McRib. This is not good. It's not helping anybody. It's tantamount to cigarettes. I don't know anybody that's eating it that is reaping any health reward. I don't know anybody that's smoking cigarettes that is reaping any kind of health reward. So there you have it. Watch out for McRib. It's back. Speaking of people that are back, Stephen DeFranco of Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is back. And here to tell you and to come clean, he's a barbecue junkie. Well, who is it that's watching the show or listening to the show? Christmas is now a little over a month and a half away. Watch out. Watch out. Don't be caught behind. I'm telling you now. November 18th, we are ready. We know what to do. What are we going to do? We're going to go visit Stephen's website, stephendefranco.com. We're going to call a number, 440-943-2700. And we will make sure that we're asking some right questions. We're not getting upsold on stuff that we really can't afford to buy, nor do we want to buy. I mean, nothing worse than being made to feel the fool and spending more money than we really want to. And then end up having buyer's remorse. Steve doesn't want to have any buyer's remorse. I mean, that's the worst thing ever, right? You spend a whole bunch of money because you're not, well, you spend a whole bunch of money. You're not confident through the buying process. And then you walk out the door with, you know, something that's 800 bucks or 400 bucks or 2,400 bucks or more. And you get in the car and you're like, mm, I don't really like it. What am I doing now? I really like it. Buyer's remorse. Hate buyer's remorse. How do you fix it? Go to stephendefranco.com, 440-943-2700, and let him help you pick something out or tell him you have an idea or you saw a few things on the uh, website that you wanted to pick his brain about. He's more than happy to answer any and all questions, give you other suggestions on stuff that maybe he thinks might work out better for you. Maybe you're trying to convey a certain emotion with that gift. He'll, He'll help you out. Free shipping, of course. The extra 
warranty because of that watch performance program that nobody else is offering in the market right now. StephenDeFranco.com, 440-943-2700. That's 440-943-2700. Stephen DeFranco, proud sponsor of this show, proud to have him. We're back to wrap up the first hour right after this. Stick around. Interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. are back 216-220-0966 greg at the bbq central show.com your two ways to get in contact with me in the second hour should you see fit thanks again to steve ray for joining me this past uh two segments talking a little bit about thanksgiving a lot of bit about the chatsworth georgia competition and some tire talk. I mean, seasons change. You got to talk tires, right? Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to be uh, caught in the cold. And again, I remember growing up in uh, the upstate New York area and hearing those snow tires whirring down the road. <laughs> hey, those that, that guy's got snow tires. I got to get some. We had snow tires on the, the B210. That's a back-wheel drive car, I believe. So you, get, you know, gotta gotta have a traction, otherwise you end up in the ditch. Don't want that. Then the all-weather radials take over, or the all-weather tires, all-weather performance tires, and now we're starting to see a little bit of a shift back where uh, people are actually buying them and you switch them out like shoes. Uh, he's saying you can switch tires in five minutes. Not where I come from. I do not have a uh, air wrench or whatever they call it. You know, like NASCAR. Vroom, 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 vroom. I don't have that. I don't even think I'm no mechanic, but I don't know if it's really a good idea to put on lug nuts with air wrenches because they could over tighten and then you can't use your regular lug nut wrench to, to get them off when you're stuck on the side of the road because you took a flat. You ran over some nails like a schmuck. That's no fun. Nobody wants that. But I see these snow tires making a comeback. I might buy some. It's getting to the point where I might have to step up. We already uh, got a snowblower for the impending snow season, which means, what does that mean? There's going to be no snow. As soon as that thing hits the ground, it has to be built because there was a sale on it. 
And then there was a run on snowblowers, just like the model I wanted. Or if I would have picked it up a week ago, I would have paid $80 more for it, but I would have had it. But I haven't needed it yet. I'll have it set pickup date in two weeks. So, yeah, we're looking forward to that. Uh, Kinger chiming in. Snow tires should be put on when the temperature goes below 44 degrees Celsius. Uh, Kinger, the question is this. What's Celsius? I have no idea what that is. Celsius? Is that the hot chick in high school? Celsius? Hey, Celsius, how's it go? I don't know what that means. Somebody convert that? Is that 88 degrees or something like that? I don't know. All right. Uh, we are going to step away and refresh libation. When we come back, we'll have second takes. We'll also gear up for the second hour guest, Sam Zion, Sam the Cooking Guy. You can uh, check out his exploits at uh, thesamlivecast.com or thecookingguy.com, thecookingguy.com. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Network's 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Your two bits of contact information. Happy to take your call and your take on Thanksgiving. Or whatever you got on your mind. Ready to hear for you. All right, uh, we'll be back. Stick around. to Barbecue Central. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! 
succulent fish. What? He ate pinchies for wiener. Come listen, Laverne, you shake a face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working right now. Who's top men? All right, top men, we are back at it for the second hour. Hey, everybody. Uh, you have found and landed upon the Barbecue Central show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast, although. You wouldn't know it over the last couple weeks with the cold weather snap. I guess not that you would know it was a barbecue capital even in the middle of damn summer. That's neither here nor there. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard. A couple bits of contact information. Should you want to jump in tonight, 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com, if you are so inclined. I was talking about snowblowers and how I finally broke down. I mean, it's taken a lot, but mostly the fact that I'm getting old ass and I, you know, do have a house full of chillins, but they're all girls ranging 13 11, 9. So the old snow shoveling skills, uh, you know, aren't inherent, evidently. Uh, we were told, go, go out and shovel it. Get it done. Shovel that mile-long driveway. <laughs> Although we did, we were blessed for a, a little bit with a, a snowblower back in the day from my uh, mom's mom that we took from the booming metropolis of Hornell, New York. Anybody uh, tell me where Hornell, New York is? You win a prize, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, so that helped out. And then I think that ended up taking a dump and we were right back to, uh, you know, shoveling it by hand until, you know, that was it. And that's what I've done ever since. I haven't had extremely long driveways, although... Uh, the new Palatial Studios has the longest drive that I've ever had uh, in, in my long, illustrious career of owning homes, which now currently total two. Uh-oh. However, it's a little bit of a slope, and you know, there's no way my girls are going to clear that off. So my wife, Becky, was like, this is the year. 40. There's uh, many articles written last year that my uh, friend, you know him, Deputy Corey. Shout out to Deputy Corey everybody. Shout out. I never shout out. But I will shout out the law. Not shout at, shout out. Law, what's up? Corey, what's up? Um, And he said, hey, I read this article. No matter what shape you're in, no matter, you could be Johnny the Iron Man triathlete 42 years old. If you're 40 years old and there's more than a half an inch of snow, health experts recommend and ask you to adhere to not shovel. Don't do it. Your heart rate will elevate too quickly. And there are, and he cited some outrageously high number of 
men, women, usually men, over 40, shoveling snow, having heart attacks and dying right there in the uh, proverbial street. Uh Don't want that. Well, you're not going to stink. Just don't fall in the bank when it's really snowing. It covered up and people wondering where the hell you went for four days. Why is daddy blue? Oh, no. (laughs) Kidding. (laughs) So she said, hey, this is the year. We're going to buy it. I said, you know what's going to happen? We're going to buy the snowblower. And it's not going to snow. Dick God, well, nobody knows who that is. Our famous local old weather guy who can barely construct a sentence anymore. It's unbelievable that this guy is still on air and I have not found traditional airways. It's a crime. He cannot put together two words of coherence. And he has been on the air for roughly 758 years. I'm not kidding. Google Dick Goddard, Cleveland's official weatherman, Channel 8, Dick Goddard. I mean, mean, he is literally 758 years old. And I said, all right, well, we'll do it. And then we were were at the the place to buy it, and we didn't buy it. A couple weeks later, we were back and didn't buy it. We went back uh, two weeks ago, ready to buy, cash in hand. Oh, we're sold out of that one that you want. One on sale. What? No. So as I said before, we'll grab it here in a couple weeks and then let it snow as it will. I got electric start. I got 24-inch clearing power. I will be, I will be waiting on the snow, ready to go, gas cans in hand. All right, let's go ahead and hop on over to the Kansas City Barbecue Society websites as we review your top 10 KCBS Team of the Year points race leaders as we are coming down to the end. Still in first place, as he has been the majority of the year, Warren County Pork Choppers, Donnie Bray and the team. In second place... 49 points away. Is that bad math? 59 point, 60, uh, 59 points away. Darren Worth, Iowa Smokey D's. With his win this past week, helping his uh, chances at uh, 2,830 points. Uh, Tom Houston, check, uh, Checkered Pig. Yep, yes, sir, yes, sir. And then we have number four, the current KCBS Team of the Year, True Bud Barbecue. And rounding out the top five, Smoke Me Silly. Wow. Now, where did I find... There was another result. Um, World Food Championships... World Barbecue Championship. This was a competitor's series. There were 42 entrants. And British Bulldog Barbecue took overall grand champion. Kaboom. British Bulldog. Uh, Rooftop Barbecue, uh, West Coaster. Second, uh, third overall Victory Lane and fourth overall, 
uh, Scott Nelson and Pigskin Barbecue. Scotty! What's up, boy? And uh, so that was a competitor's series, so I believe points do not go to any type of KCBS Team of the Year stuff. Just in case you're wondering, let me uh, head on over to this website real quick. Make sure I'm typing it in right. Uh, BarbecueScores.com. And uh, let's see. Results by contest. No, no. Ugh. Where's the team of the year awards? There we go. Come on, load. Sweet Nelly. All right. Um, overall, teams cooking one to five contests. Fred Vegas Smokers. Yes. Uh, in the category of 6 to 12 contests, your current number one leader, believe it or not, look at this guy, Moyers Competition Barbecue Team. Look at him. Look at him. And your overall Team of the Year leader for teams cooking between 13 and 25 barbecue contests, Tim Grant and the team of True Bud Barbecue. There you go. One, two, BBQ second. Clark Crew Barbecue third. John Nilgis, Parrothead Smokers uh, fourth. And uh, Scott Nelson, Pigskin Barbecue fifth overall. According to Barbecue Scores, uh, again, that's BBQScores.com. So if you don't cook a lot of contests, if you cook one to five or six to 12 or 13 to 25, uh, here is a website that you can go to and find out your rank and see where you're at. Provided by, uh, or provided in part by, uh, Big Papa Smoke. Coincidentally, that would be who I'm going to be talking to you about right now, Big Papa Smokers. The one-stop shop for anyone interested in barbecue featuring a comprehensive selection of all-American-made grills, spices, sauces, accessories, even a kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers has made a name for itself by making an award-winning line of championship rubs. Their rubs have won almost every major competition barbecue event, including the 2012 and 13 World Series of Barbecue in Kansas City, the 2012 and 14 Jack Daniels Invitational, the 2013 Kingsford Challenge, and the 2014 Houston Livestock and Rodeo. Many, many more to still come. BPS is also banded together with fellow California-based barbecue rub company, Simply Marvelous Barbecue, to form what has now become the West Coast offense. Defying conventional wisdom, these two California-based barbecue rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profile that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. They've even created two of their own unique competitions, King of the Smoker, which brings the best of the best in the barbecue world head-to-head in a back-to-basics competition. King of the Smokers unique in the fact that contestants may not use any electric devices such as pellet cookers or pit miners. Contestants are just allowed to use charcoal, wood, and their wits to win one of the most high-stakes barbecue competitions around. The other competition the BPS has started is known as the Guinea Pig, which is a cost-controlled competition that helps to bring in newcomers to the competitive barbecue world. Also features prize distribution all the way down to 10th place in each category. That helps provide incentive 
to get new competition teams into the world of barbecue. Fantastic idea, novel. On top of all that, Big Papa's has created a unique brand ambassador program, the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind that Big Papa Smokers has been able to do all of this with only four years of being in the business, turning the competition barbecue world on its head, creating their own unique competitions, being a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, and benefiting children's charities for across the United States. It's just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers. Just the beginning. The website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. Also, uh, in part, uh, BBQScores.com if you want to check that out. Uh, We're back with Sam the Cooking Guy right after this. Stick around. We will be right back. From the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampy. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Your two bits of contact information in case you are... Looking to hop in on the show tonight, my next guest, a regular on this show, host of his own uh, internet show, Sam Livecast. He is a multiple-time cookbook author. Website, thecookingguy.com, samlivecast.com, multiple-time Emmy Award winner and friend o' mine. Let's race over to the hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Sam the Cooking Guy. You know him, uh, Sam Zion. Sam, how are you, buddy? What's up, my friend? How are you? Man, uh, way too long, brother man. What's up? Oh, I know. Oh, my well, God. you're big these days. Yeah, you don't right. Have, you don't have time for little guys like me anymore. Oh, well, yeah, little guy. Little Baker's dozen Emmy Award winning guys That's like you. It. Yeah, right. Okay. You notice all my awards right here, don't you? <laughs> you know, you froze it on my screen. I don't know where that happened. Oh, all right. Hold on. I can. I think I can fix that. Can you? Maybe. There you go. Yeah, there See, I've I've hung hard wood and put special spotlights up. So, I mean, you know, what can I say? I'm a laborer's extraordinaire. Uh, Sam, the cooking guy, joining me here on the show. Lots to talk about here. Uh, I guess before we get into the, the Thanksgiving talk and, and uh, uh, more importantly, side dishes and uh, leftover stuff, which is yes, very sir. important to the uh, the whole holiday thing for Thanksgiving. Have you been, I've been following you on the social medias in a stalker type fashion. Have you been like uh, traveling a lot recently or is that like past stuff that you've been throwing back up for people to no. consume or what? No, no, no. I was, uh, well, uh, quickly, I fr- we've both frozen now. As long as it's working on your end, I don't yeah. mind, but yeah. it's good. Okay. If it's good for you, then I'm good. Yeah. No, um, I do some, I do some producing for a, a company in San Diego uh, started off in front of the camera, and then it sort of morphed into behind the scenes. And they do this big event in New York every November that requires a crew to travel uh, all over the world to interview partners of theirs. So in the past uh, two months, I've been in London twice, uh, Seoul, Korea, Beijing, 
San Francisco four times, Seattle. I interviewed the CEOs of Microsoft and Verizon. It's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of travel. I mean, I, 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 can't, uh, I can't say I don't like it because I really do. Um, I get to travel with guys that are good friends, that work hard, that do their jobs really well, and, and then we play hard too, so it's a good thing. Beijing, Beijing, China? Mm. Beijing, China, which I would not race back to. I was going to say, like, I mean, of, of all the places that you were naming off, I mean, well, look, uh, self-admittedly, because I'm not going to be a hypocrite on my own show, and everybody knows, they're just waiting for me to trip up to give me the emails later. Yeah, uh, I'm not, I like, I'm not a traveler. Uh, I have no desire to go out of the country. <laughs> Um, I, I, I find that interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, because I know I, I there's just a don't. lot. You're not alone in this. Yeah, there's a lot of people. There are a lot of people that don't want to travel. Doesn't and, isn't the same thing? Isn't Max the same way? He doesn't have any desire to travel uh, like out of the country. Or am I totally off base on this? Uh, no, I think you're off base. All right. Yeah, yeah he, good he likes to travel. Yeah, right. <clears throat> yeah, but we so, all do. We all do. I, I find it. I find it very interesting. You know, I mean, look. Clearly, I'm a food guy, so. I really want to know what's going on food-wise. And in Beijing, we ate really well. Um, but I will say it's just – it is absolutely overwhelming. It is overwhelming. The best example I can give is in San Diego – I mean I talk about going to uh, uh, foreign supermarkets. I mean foreign. I mean like other, other uh, uh, people's supermarkets here in San Diego. Uh, when I do a food event, I, there's a big Chinese market here. There's a big Japanese market. They're a lot of fun to go to. You learn a lot of stuff. But I always say both of these markets are completely indicative of the countries themselves. The Chinese supermarket is much larger than the Japanese one. Uh, the lighting is like fluorescent and in your eyes. The <laughs> ceilings are high. There's a ton of people. There's pushing, shoving. There's yelling. It's noisy. It's chaotic. The Japanese supermarket is smaller. The lighting is lower level. The supermarket carts that you push are smaller. It's organized, it's quiet, and it's peaceful. It's just like it's mostly just like Japan itself. Beijing was so overwhelming to me that at one point I was at the uh, the uh, Tiananmen Square and the Forbidden City. I had to leave. I couldn't take it anymore because it's just it so just, congested and so much, just so much. Imagine a Chinese Disneyland, but like 10 times the size on the most national holiday of the year. So everybody's there. That's what it was like. And, that, is that like front, every day there? Is that like every day? Uh, uh, it was not a holiday. Oh, it no. Was, it was not a weekend. So It was just the Forbidden City. That's absolutely gorgeous, but after about thirty minutes, I was like this. I was just, where? How the hell do I get out of here? I just, <laughs> I couldn't. I just couldn't. I really couldn't take it anymore. It was, it was just people overload. How bad is the? Uh, how bad is the air quality over there? I don't. I don't know anybody that's ever been mm. there. You see it, you know, when it was in the Olympics and the fogs yeah. rolling in and people wearing masks. How bad was it there when you were there? Well, specifically, Beijing is supposed to always be horrible. And the three days, that, the two days that we were there, everybody said, wow, we can't believe how the air is not disgusting for your trip. Wow. We hit it. We hit it just somewhat. Whatever we did, we did it right. We got, 
We got relatively clear skies. We got good weather, but an awful lot of people. I'm telling you. Yeah. Do you, and you stick know, out? when you see signs that say uh, no spitting, yeah. <laughs> they're they're there for a reason. Yeah. Do you do you stick out like a sore thumb there? I mean, you like the minute bowl of of uh, China there, or not so much? No, not so much. You know, there's quite a few Western people there. Uh, some areas you go to, you're, you're sticking out like a, like a green thumb, no matter what, but, uh, other parts, there's, there's lots of, there's lots of everybody. It's really interesting. Seoul, I, I, I mean, I really liked Seoul. Seoul was like all the good parts of sort of an Asian country. And, and it was like, there was a lot of tradition and culture. And then there was like amazing, you know, modern skyscrapers and facilities and buildings and and the food was great we did a korean barbecue thing that that is done at the table you know you you order and you get a big platter of uh various cuts of meat mostly beef and you cook them right there on the table in front of you and there's a there's like a, a like a duct that comes down, like a flexible duct that they can push around to the different burners on the table. It's right over top of the burner, and there's you know you see these things hanging all over the restaurant. Yeah, and you sit and you cook, and then you, you've got rice and uh, vegetables and things, and you cook the meat and you dip it in a sauce, and then on the rice and then you eat. Really good, really really good, and in a completely different barbecue world than you are used to but i you would really appreciate that yeah i mean i think you know when i say i don't have any desire to travel uh yeah the food thing to me obviously is, is very interesting as it is to you and you get to go and experience yeah. it but uh i guess it's just the fact of actually having to go there is uh, what's keeping me from going there it's the the whole traveling you know part traveling is is not what it used to be years ago and i don't even know if i remember what it was years ago but but I do remember seeing those old movies, and it was pretty luxurious. Even in, you know, the economy class cabins, men wore suits and ladies dressed up, yeah. and it was, it was really an event. And it's completely changed right now. And, you know, fortunately, the business travel that I've had to do, we've been, a, we've been fortunate to, to fly business class, which you can fly a long way in a business class seat because, you know, they basically go like this. But business class doesn't mean uh, any better level of person dressing up. You'll see guys like in like shitty looking shorts and crappy pants and ripped teeth. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I don't like to go out looking like really ratty. And I certainly wouldn't fly looking like that. I'm not wearing a suit, but at least I'm in, you know, reasonable, reasonably respectable yeah. clothing. But people are like, I want to be comfortable and I don't give a – I don't give a crap what I look like. And I mean, I guess, I guess there's something to that thinking. Yeah. You want to be comfortable about maybe change on the plane, go put like uh, uh sweatpants on when you get on the plane, you don't have to wear clothes that you look like you just got out of bed in travel to the airport, go through <laughs> customs and TSA and all that stuff. Looking like a complete like schlep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you act know? like you've been there a little bit for crying out loud. Um, all right, so uh, Sam, let's talk uh, for the remainder of this segment and the next segment about uh, yeah, the yeah. pending Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, of course, I think last year we talked about how uh, this seems to be a holiday that uh, everybody loves and it uh, has escaped uh, any large amount of commercialization that you would associate with you know, any other 
of the uh, holidays right around uh, Halloween, uh, Christmas, or, or the holiday season, if you will, um, uh, all commercialized to a, a large degree. But for whatever reason, uh, Thanksgiving has been able to uh, keep itself uh, as an aside to that. And everybody knows about it. Everybody loves it. We all know what we're looking forward to, but you just don't see it too much on television. But there is that pressure of not screwing up the turkey and uh, things like this. So uh, as someone who is in the food business and you're talking to people yeah. all the time about, uh, probably this is a huge busy time for you about, how do I not screw up the turkey? Uh, I mean, do you have the the standard nuggets of wisdom for folks when yeah. they're asking? Of course. And, and really, I think that, and you know what, I shoot a lot of stuff for Bed Bath & Beyond. And if you go to blog.bedbathandbeyond.com the next week, there will be tons of stuff that we've shot about how to, how to make sure that you have a pretty successful Thanksgiving, even for somebody that has never done it before. And there's recipes there on how to twine up a turkey and brine one and all that stuff. But all that being said, I really think that, you know, organization is the most important thing you can do. It really is. If you're organized, you've figured out, you know, how many people you've got, where they're going to sit. I mean, like the little details like that are the things that like completely screw with your head at the last minute. So knowing how many people are coming, knowing where everybody's going to sit, knowing what kind of Thanksgiving you want. Do you want a completely casual one where people just go up to the kitchen counter and, and put the food on their plates and then they go sit whatever? Uh, or do you want one where everybody's sitting at a particular table? You know, it's that kind of thing. Are you doing everything yourself? Are you asking people to bring stuff? And by the way, if you're hosting Thanksgiving and you're not asking people to bring stuff, you're absolutely out of your mind. Really? Or you're, or you're Martha Stewart. Have people bring things. We've got uh, 18 people coming here for Thanksgiving. Everybody's getting a job. Some will get a minor job, like bring, you know, the biggest bottle of vodka you can get your hands on. And I'll tell them what kind of vodka we like and what not to buy. Yeah. Or somebody's getting wine. Uh, Peg, uh, that lives up the street, I ran into her at the supermarket today. Uh, we decided right then and there. She's making uh, the cranberry sauce that she, she makes fresh with uh, lots of extra uh, citrus zest in it, which is a really good way to do it. I like and the canned she's doing stuff, dude. Green, green beans with lots of really delicious crispy pancetta in it. Ooh. So that that's done. You know, yeah. my sister-in-law is on desserts. Somebody will be on salads because you host doesn't host doesn't mean do everything that has to be cooked that day. And it also doesn't mean you have to cook everything that day. Yeah. I think if you're going to, if you're going to make a pie from scratch, make it two or three days before yeah. any, any casserole that you have to do. Shit, you could do that four or five days before. They're only going to get better, you know? Like lasagna. Everybody knows lasagna is better the next day. Yeah. And I'm not saying have lasagna for Thanksgiving dinner, but anything like that, you know, like scallop potatoes, make them the day before. Get them hot in the oven. They'll bubble. They'll crisp. They'll do all the right things. But at the last minute, you're only heating them. You're not making them. All right, so great advice. Uh, Sam yeah. Zion, Sam the Cooking Guy, joining me. TheCookingGuy.com, of course, you can uh, watch his live web show, the thesamlivecast.com uh, at that website. Uh, so one of the 
greatest things, as you said, everybody knows la- lasagna is better the second day. Even in the yeah, barbecue yeah. world, the uh, smoke brisket, smoke uh, pulled pork, always better the second day, especially for the cook yeah. because you're bathing in the smoke and your senses get dulled. And then the Absolutely. next day you're like, wow, this tastes even better. Yeah, well, it's, right, yeah right. you're not all hopped up on smoke. Um, the, the One of the best things, and I was just talking with my first hour guest, how there, there's a faction of people that actually look more forward to the days after Thanksgiving than the actual meal itself. There he is. You're one of them. Because absolutely little thing called leftovers, the sandwiches and, and all this other stuff. And I'm like, well, instead of, you know, just the same run-of-the-mill crap that right. you're going to do, you know, right. why not have somebody on that knows what the F they're doing and will help you elevate the leftover game. And, and he, so that's and like he, it is, right? And he wasn't available tonight, so you got me. That's right. Here's right. Sam, everybody. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's uh, how appropriate because this week on the live cast is uh, what we've called uh, elevating your Thanksgiving leftovers week, trying to make something out of them that that maybe you wouldn't think about doing. Yeah. You know, look, you can make a turkey sandwich all day long, right? All day. And and everybody loves that. Yep. And put stuffing in our turkey taco, but we did a couple things this week that. Maybe you wouldn't make. And we started off Monday's episode, and it's, it's on the livecast.com. You can go watch it. We combined turkey, stuffing, and mashed potatoes with some crispy bacon and some sautéed onions into really what amount to be like little crab cake-sized things. Yeah. We fried them in a pan with a little olive oil and a little butter. And uh, there they are. We served them on this little uh, arugula salad that we made with a dressing that has sage in it to keep the theme going. And, and lest you think it's a sophisticated little <laughs> dish, it, it is a, a super simple. You're just really just mixing everything in a bowl. But oh my God, Greg, so damn delicious and not the same thing again. Which is key. Uh, it's key. I mean, it is key, just keep it? making the same thing. I mean, you're not expanding anything. I mean, I feel like uh, Thanksgiving itself is is licensed to make the same thing again. Yeah, you're going to have Aunt Ruth's um, the standbys, all the traditional potato stuff yeah. with the little marshmallows yeah. on top, right. or, or or cousin Nancy's green bean casserole with the crispy onions and stuff like that. But let your let yourself go a little bit when it comes to. Um, uh, when it comes to the uh, the leftovers, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. What? Uh, so that was the was that the stuffing ball? Uh, well, we did stuffing balls too. I, I can't. We frozen again, so I can't see them. So, All right. if you're looking at little round things, yeah, yeah, those are merely um, little rolled balls of stuffing that, that was- we've dipped. We've dipped in beaten egg. No, no, that with the green. Uh, wait, no, no. There you go. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, we, you take a little bit of stuffing, you roll it in a ball in your hand, you dip it in beaten egg, and then you roll it in breadcrumbs. And then you put it on a baking sheet and you bake it. They're crispy, they're crunchy. And who doesn't love stuffing? I mean, everybody loves stuffing. Yeah. Uh, unless you're from the South and then you call it dressing. Same thing. Same thing. Stuff, stuffing balls, dressing balls. And, and we just take sour cream, mix it with a little hot sauce, because the cool of the sour cream plays beautifully against the the warm, hot little uh, crispy ball, and the the hot sauce does all the right things in the sour cream. It gives it a little heat, and I mean it's 
super delicious. All right. So uh, let me do this. We're going to yeah. quickly uh, step away so I can uh, talk to everybody about Cook Shack, and then we'll talk about pumpkin pancakes. Yeah, we'll yeah. talk Why about stuffing omelet. Yeah. We'll talk about Thanksgiving Benedict. Oh, please. And then we'll all have a group heart attack and be dead. There you go. <laughs> Fabulous. All right. Uh, Sam Zion joining me here on the show. The Sam the Cooking Guy, thecookingguy.com. The samlivecast.com are his websites to check them out here while we're talking this evening. Let me talk to you quickly about Fast Eddie's by Cook Shack. A pellet grill is a uh, smoker and a grill all in one. The stainless steel 100% wood-burning pellet-fired cooker that uses direct and indirect heat, and it goes all the way up to 800 degrees. It is the only pellet grill on the market that uses charbroiler technology. It features electronically controlled temperature to eliminate large heat fluctuations that dry and shrink meat. Pellet grill can barbecue, grill, bake, roast, sear, and smoke. Cook Shack has two models of pellet grills to choose from. The PG-1000 features a fully insulated double wall rolled hood for superior heat retention, fuel savings, and maximum cooking performance. The PG-500 features a two-way swing lid and utensil holder. The 500 and 1000 have many great features, including 784 square inches of cooking space, easy side-loading pellet hopper, fully automated wood pellet feed system, stainless steel cooking grates on the direct zone side that produce killer-looking sear marks, nickel-plated grill on the indirect and top racks, a drip bucket, a pellet ashtray, 100% stainless steel construction, a warming drawer. How about 40 pounds of Cook Shack hickory wood pellets? Just like that. How about the most important thing of all, the 30-day money-back guarantee? What if I told you that you could get the PG-500 or the PG-1000, put it on your back deck or uh, in your garage or whatever you're going to do it, cook on it for 30 days, cook your face off on it, and then at 30 days decide, eh, I don't like it. Go ahead, send it back to Cook Shack. They will give you your money back. That's a 30-day guarantee. You can absolutely fall in love with it. And if you don't, no risk on your part. Give it a try. You'll be happy that you did. It's a versatile pellet cooker that adds full flavor to your recipes, including fajitas, ribs, chicken, steaks, desserts, sides, and large cuts of meat. It can do it all, including cold smoking. Do yourself a favor. And for more information, visit the website that is dedicated to the pellet grill, pelletcooker.com. That's pelletcooker.com. Or you can call Cook Shack, 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. And let them know. Rempy and the Barbecue Central Show sent you over. They'll be uh, happy that you said that. I'll be happy you said that. And you'll be happy to try out that grill, the PG500, the 1000, for 30 days. You're safe. You're covered. Cookshack.com, pelletcooker.com, 800-463-0698. We're back with Sam the Cooking Guy right after this. Stick around. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, we are back. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Sam Zion joining me here on the show. Uh, we were uh, talking about those stuffing balls. You're, uh, I'm, I'm making my own uh, self-conclusions here, but 
You know, it's uh, you like to make like the dipping sauces. You did the uh, like was it steak sauce and sour cream, and then yeah. uh, you did steak sauce and the hot or the uh, yeah. sour cream and the hot sauce. I mean, you're a big sour cream and something guy in it, right? Uh, I am. I, I like. I think it's just. Um, look, it, it adds a little. It's a little point of interestingness and moisture for things that I think need them. You could eat that little stuffing bowl by itself, and it would be great. But dipped into that little sour cream hot sauce thing, yeah. it's uh, majestic. I had a little private event last night, and one of the things I made were um, like breakfast sausages, uncooked breakfast sausages rolled in puff pastry, really like little baby um, sausage rolls. I mean, I make them about an inch long. And uh, when you buy it, you know – Sausage rolls in Canada, because of the British influence, are very popular. And when you buy a sausage roll there, it's a sausage roll. It doesn't have any sauce. But when I do them as little tiny baby ones, they're delicious like that, but I still like a sauce. And I made a sauce last night that was a combination of steak sauce and apricot jam mixed together. Whoa. So you got the tart and the tangy of the steak sauce mellowed out by the apricot jam a little bit and it's fan freaking tastic yeah that sounds like a, an absolute flavor explosion in your mouth it, it really is and yeah. you know it's it's four ingredients including the sauce and the the sausage rolls are two ingredients if you go to the cooking they're they're called baby british sausage rolls so if you just look up the word sausage anything with sausage will come up and that will be one of the ones that's there perfect appetizer for all of the entertaining and the parting and everything that's coming up in the next month and a half. You know what's big in Canada that I never see down here? Yeah. Something called uh, poutine. Poutine. What the hell? How come oh, no, I can't no, get no, 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 How come no, I can't nothing. get sausage on my fries down here in the United States? We got freaking McRib down here. We can't get poutine. Well, no, there are some. You know where you know where you'll find it? No. If you go to uh, Brooklyn. You'll find it in like hipster little restaurants there. Like New York City, so, Brooklyn? New York City, Brooklyn, yeah. <laughs> so poutine is really, it's very simple. Do you know what cheese curds are? Yeah, of course. You got them in your part of the world? Uh, well, yeah, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, okay. So you, you have to bring them in. You probably don't probably don't get fresh ones. Like we don't get fresh ones here. Poutine is simply a big pile of French fries. A bunch of cheese curds on top and a really delicious, rich beef gravy over the top of that. That's all it is. At its simplest, that's all it is. And it is so delicious. So delicious. You can mimic it by either putting like shredded mozzarella on top or you can get fresh mozzarella and just chop it up into little tiny bits. Put that on top of the fresh fries that come right out of the oven and then gravy over the top of it. It's it's effing amazing. That should be a, that should be a side for Thanksgiving. It should Thanks. be a side yeah. for Thanksgiving. Here's you know, a turkey. Here's the poutine. Olympics, when the Olympics were in Vancouver, uh, I don't know how many years ago. Eight, it's seven years ago. What the hell oh, was at it? Least. Winter Olympics. So it was four. I got eight years ago. I was on the Today Show in Vancouver. I did three types of uh, poutine. Really? on the Today Show. Yeah. How many times did you have to tell Kathy Lee Gifford to shut the fuck up? <laughs> Only once. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, Only that's once. a that's a different story for different. Day. It is a different All right, story. so uh, let's get back to your uh, awesome uh, leftover stuff here. All right, so here's the one the the picture 
is phenomenal, by the way. Uh, but I'm interested to talk about pumpkin pancakes. Wow. So I'm going to pull that up here uh, real quick. Hold on one second. I, I am of the mind that says, nope. uh, in a pinch, I'd rather not whip out uh, the flour, the baking soda, the buttermilk, the blah, 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 blah. Yep. I keep a box of just that water pancake mix in my pantry. Because with it, I can do all kinds of things, not the least of which are pumpkin pancakes. And all it takes is a couple of big fat spoonfuls of pumpkin puree that comes right out of a can into just add water pumpkin uh, pancake mix. And brother, you got pancakes with pumpkin in them that are so delicious. And do you, are, do you have them sprinkled with nuts or what's on top of that? That's pecans. Oh, pecans, right? Uh, pecans. Sorry. sorry. Well, I don't. I don't even say. I, I just speak, learned tonight. I speak the did Queen's you, English. Did you know that uh, there's different types of pecans? Uh, well, I had a sense that, that you know there's a few different types. Uh, are you going to get all sophisticated on me? Here? No, I just learned that tonight. By the way, uh, ready for a quick quiz show? Yes. All right. True or false? Sam, the cooking guy. We'll see yes. about that. Yes. Yams are the same thing as sweet potatoes. True or false? False. No. What? Yams are the same thing as sweet potatoes. It's a different varietal of sweet potato. Oh, stop. Yeah, see? See, I learned that with the pecan stuff. You might want to recheck those Emmys, pal. All right, so... Uh, so here Just, you go. You got they're, these. They're not for technical knowledge. That's <laughs> they're for good looks and award-winning personality. Of course. Not for that either. All right. Uh, so we got pumpkin pancakes. Now here's the other thing. I am yeah. a. Let me. I got to get the picture up here. You're a Benedict oh, guy. Here we go. All right. Can you? Do you see that or no? No. All right. Let me. Un- I'm going to freeze you and then oh, unfreeze you. I and, saw it. No, Stuffing no. omelet. Can you see it now? I'm going to tell you this. Yeah. We have made in my household every year for probably the past 15 or 17 years, maybe longer, maybe 20, a stuffing omelet the morning after Thanksgiving. And it consists of a couple eggs beaten properly. I don't add milk. I don't add a tablespoon of water. I don't want light eggs. I want eggs the way God intended them to be. So you make a proper omelet, and, and do you know how to make a proper omelet? I mean, I'm not going to go into it well, now. I sure but... don't. I mean, I, well, I'll tell you what I do. I beat the egg. Yeah. I do yeah. add a little milk, and okay. then I just put it in like a small skillet. Correct. Put a top on it, and then, you oh. know, let it kind of cook till it gets a little less than wet on top. I flip it over for a couple minutes, and then I put the okay, stuff I want in the middle. And okay, that'll it. work. I, I don't do the top thing, and then I use a spatula, and I... I gently pull away from the sides and yeah. let the uncooked stuff run behind, but right. it doesn't matter. So you get to the point where it's time to add whatever you were going to add. Yeah. And I always heat up the stuffing first. I don't want to put cold. By the time the stuffing goes in, you're pr- almost close to being done. Yeah. So cold stuffing is not going to heat up. So heat the stuffing up. Just in a little bowl in the microwave or however you want to do it. The stuffing goes on one half of the circle of the omelets. And then you cover it. Now, go with me on this. Yeah. With Kraft American slices. <laughs> That's all I put in my omelets. There's no brie. There's no smoked cheddar. There's no <laughs> feta. There's no blue cheese. There's no 
Shropshire Blue. It's just Kraft American Slices. Yeah. And don't go crazy with it. Like a slice and a half will cover, a slice to a slice and a half will cover what you got going in like a two-egg omelet. You just want to cover the, the stuffing. Give it a, a couple of seconds. Flip one half over the other half. And let it finish cooking. I'm telling you, there is something magical about the combination of simple eggs seasoned only with salt and pepper, good stuffing or dressing, as we've discussed, and the uh, Kraft American slices. It's ridiculous how good that is. Well, I think, too, uh, in, with the proliferation of all the cooking shows and access to cooking everything and, and anything anymore, yeah. that there is a, a wild sensation of the need to over-season everything that you're putting in front of you and uh Thanks. you know here's something you know simple salt and pepper like for me on steak simple salt and pepper you don't got to go crazy That's all it. the time right like how, how many barbecue guys uh pit masters geniuses guys that have won tons of trophies and stuff have you talked to and their whole uh thing is salt and pepper yeah, well, I, I talked to a guy uh two weeks ago he's one of the right. most uh one of the most prolific guys in the, in the last 10 years on the circuit and I mean, he does differ a little bit uh, from most, but he is as basic as it gets. He doesn't, you know, season hours and hours in advance. Uh, it's a little salt, little pepper, and then yeah. he'll season at some point during the cook, um, just for taste and stuff. But uh, yeah, of I mean, course. just you know, don't get so hype up on on the seasoning. I mean, taste the stuff that you're cooking, right? It, that's that's it. You know, I think <laughs> a lot of the times. A, a lot of the time, people over-season, they over-sauce, they over-everything. That it, it, Whatever the original protein was, no longer tastes like that. I like a steak to taste like a steak. Yeah. It's simple. I don't really want it to taste like some barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce is fine in a sandwich or bah, whatever, that kind of thing. But don't start, I don't, especially if it's a good piece of meat. If you're putting barbecue sauce on, on a good piece of meat, something's wrong. You've either ruined it, or you don't know how to cook. Yeah, if you're if or you're, both, if you're putting thing. it or you on, don't know what you're doing. If you're putting it on to make it taste better, then obviously something has has gone awry in the cooking process. All right, yeah, so sure. let me uh, let me see if I can find it here. Where is it at? Okay, this is probably it. You're probably frozen, so I'm going to re re unfreeze you. There you uh, go. Here's this. This is this has to be Thanksgiving Benedict. Wow. How gorgeous is that? Oh, my God. And I'm not sure that Ridic. you can tell, but, but instead of an English muffin on yep. the bottom, that's merely a stuffing patty. Yeah. It really is. I've taken the stuffing. I've formed it into the shape of a patty. I've gotten it crisp in a nonstick pan with a little butter and olive oil. And then poach an egg. And clearly, there's no hollandaise on that. Nope. It's, it's turkey gravy. Yeah. As it should be. I could have put a little turkey underneath that. I don't know. I'm trying to think about if I did or not. I think I did. I think that went stuffing patty, turkey, poached egg, then the uh, gravy. All right. So let's talk very briefly about poached egg. All right. Go ahead. Uh, Learn to poach an egg. Could That's be, my best advice. Could, yeah. So could be hard to, to do the eggs benedict if you don't know how to poach an egg. Is there like a, a real quick, easy way to do that? Um, or is it just well, I suppose I look, I suppose the quick, easy way would be like a little, would be like a, like a, uh, uh, an electric poaching thing. Yeah. Little cups, you plug it in, you crack the egg. 
But I don't think that's I, – I think learning how to poach an egg is not difficult. I need to do just a straight tutorial on that on the, on the uh, Livecast site. And you know what? That's a good, a good piece of uh, thinking there. I'm going to do that. It's really this. You get a pot of water on the stove. You bring it to a simmer, not a boil. You don't want rolling boil. You want just lightly bubbling. You add about a, two tablespoons of vinegar, and the vinegar will help the egg pull together. And then you take a spoon, and in a clockwise or a counterclockwise motion, you spin the water to create like just a little minor vortex in the center, right? little cyclone thing. Yep. You've cracked an egg in a little tiny bowl. Once that little vortex, little cyclone thing is going in the middle of the pot, you just slip the egg right into the middle of that. Just let the water continue spinning around it. And in about three minutes, it will poach itself beautifully. The key is to use a slotted spoon to pick it up. If you use a slotted spoon to bring the egg up out of the water after like three-ish minutes, you can, you can poke on it and you can see soft yellow, soft yolk inside. And if you po- push against the ends where the white are, you'll get a sense of whether there's still liquid in the white or not. And you don't want, you don't want runny whites. You want a runny yolk. It's that simple. And then you just take it out and you put it on your thing. Poached eggs are so, like, chill. You could poach them to 95% of where you want them the day before. Really? Take them out with a slotted spoon, put them in, a, like, a big container of icy water, and then just put that in the fridge. Then the next day when you want them, you simmer the water back again. Yeah. Take one out of the icy water. You slip it in for 45 seconds or so. Perfect poached egg. Really? Yeah. It's, it's a genius move, wow. and if you've got lots of family coming over and you, want to, you know you want to do a lot of poached eggs. I did this a couple of weeks ago. I did a vegetarian uh, Benedict, so uh, my layers were English muffin, sautéed spinach with a little garlic, big slice of heirloom tomato grilled in Ooh, the pan, yummy. the poached egg on top, and then I did sriracha hollandaise. Ooh. And if you, if you go to thecookingguy.com, there's a blender there that's three ingredients. It's egg yolk, it's lemon juice, and it's melted butter. That's it. And then if you want to sriracha-ize it, it's a squeeze of sriracha at the end. But you do it in a blender. Yep. It's the easiest thing on the planet. And you'll be, a poach, you'll be a Benedict genius before long. I say just get it half a dozen eggs. Stand in front of some simmering water and do exactly what I've just said, can, and you'll be fine. Is there a limit? Like, can you do like six at a time? Is that is there like a, a, my a rule son, of thumb? My son uh, works uh, as a cook at a uh, breakfast restaurant. Yeah, and clearly Benedicts are a big part of what goes on at any breakfast place. Yeah, he poaches not in simmering water, <laughs> but in boiling water. And he'll do 20 eggs at a time. 20? 20. Wow. It's, it's madness. Wow. But he has to. So he does them in boiling because he's got to get them done faster. Yeah. I don't know that I trust myself with the boiling water. I've never tried it. I guess it would probably take it from three and a half minutes to maybe a minute and a half. I don't know. 
you got to really be on your game for that. Yeah. Don't but he's young. He's 23, so he can watch 20 eggs, and he's got all his faculties. <laughs> I can't do that anymore. Yeah, well, one or two is enough. I mean, come on. Yeah, one or two is enough. Jeez. What are we, trying but, to break but, records? But do, but do know they're not that sensitive. Yeah. They're not that fragile. You can take them out, cool them down, put them back in hours later, and you'll be fine. All right, so that's uh, probably the, the best tip of the night, and I didn't even think I was going to be finding that. <laughs> what? You got something? I, I'll take that as an insult. No, are you kidding? I didn't no. think. I had no you idea. Did you find any good tips tonight? No, That's I, I wasn't. I said I wasn't looking for an egg tip, and then I got a, like the best egg tip I've heard in maybe maybe ever. All right, whatever. All right, so take it as a compliment for crying out loud. I'll take oh it as God. an insult. Watch out. Nobody got time for this. That's right, sweet Brian. <laughs> All right, uh, Sam the Cooking Guy. You can find him at the same livecast.com, thecookingguy.com are uh, just a couple of his haunts. You see him on uh, national television every once in a while. So uh, pan around for him. You'll see him. He's all over the place. You see him in BJ's Wholesale Clubs. My kids always tug my shirt and go, hey, you know that guy on the television. You all, know that guy. On all of the televisions at the same time. All, yeah. Great, so I mean, That's great If you stuff. like me, it's good. If you hate me, it's bad. Uh, hey, it's, it's A or B. So love me or hate me. Uh, Sam, always appreciate the time. Uh, happy You're Thanksgiving best, to you man. and yours, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Be All here. Right. Take care. There he is. Sam Zion, the cooking guy. Watch out. I had no idea about poached eggs like that. Are you kidding me? You think this is a barbecue show? You're going to get great barbecue knowledge? Forget about it. I got home-style cooking stuff for you like you wouldn't believe. Wow. All right. Uh, we are going to uh, wrap it up, put a bow on this one, if you will. Uh, all the way back in the first hour, we were talking with Steve Ray. You can find him on the Facebook. Midnight, M-I-D-N-I-T-E, Midnight Oil Steve Ray. Like him, find his radio show on uh, ESPNChattanooga.com. That's the uh, Chattanooga ESPN affiliate. If you friend him on Facebook, you'll get the notifications on the show. Saturday is 9 Eastern. Uh, mostly car talk, sometimes food talk. Uh, when I listened to him the other week, they were talking about uh, the the steak cook-off circuit that's going around uh, Michael Mendearman's part. He will answer your car questions. If you are uh, around Ottawa, you can uh, go right off uh, 75. Did you say exit 11? Was it exit 11, Steve? And uh, check him out. Nothing better than supporting the mom-and-pop shops out there across this great land of ours. And then... Uh, thanks again to Sam Zion, a.k.a. Sam the Cooking Guy. A couple of different websites for him. Thecookingguy.com. His main, like, uh, cooking and cookbook, recipes, all that stuff. And then if you want to see him on his own video show, which I highly suggest, thesamlivecast.com. Don't forget the in the middle. Thesamlivecast.com. That airs new episodes Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And go back, as he said, they just did uh, step up your holiday leftovers. And uh, you can get those great recipes. Turkey, mashed potatoes, and stuffing cakes, stuffing balls, Thanksgiving Benedict, stuffing omelet, pumpkin pancakes, and or... Too good. It's too good. Hurt myself. Uh, next week... We will be back leading you right up to game time for Thanksgiving. 
Uh, potentials include a friend of the show, Ted Reader. Yeah, baby. So uh, look forward to that. Um, if you have raw cast iron, reseason it each and every time. Hit it with a little Pam or a little Crisco. You know, as it starts to cool down, get the grill brush out. Knock it back off, get the debris off, and then, you know, right around 400 degrees or so, get that Crisco and rub it into the grate or uh, spray some Pam into it. Or as Dave closes, just hit Pam and let it burn back in each and every time you use it. Take that little extra bit of care and watch the generations of rust-free service avail itself to you just for that little bit of effort on the raw cast iron. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.